Hi there. My name is Dr. Pragenta, and I'm the host of the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm an advanced nurse practitioner, and I want to be your guide into the world of nursing professions. This podcast is a platform for nurses to share their journeys as they made their way in the diverse field of nursing as either entrepreneurs, academia, private practice, or even the corporate world. I think we should celebrate just how diverse the field of nursing is through mentoring one another with the stories of our career journeys. Nothing is too mundane because each journey is unique. This podcast will showcase career options to encourage nurses to view their degrees with a business mindset. After all, we work in the healthcare business. And ultimately, I hope I might inspire you to make a change if you're looking for something different. I am motivated to see you live your best nursing life, and that looks different for everyone. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast, and let's get started with today's guest. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. So happy to have you on. Sarah is a certified leadership coach, originally from the UK, currently residing in the great state of Texas, who's here to talk to us about what she does for a living. Welcome, Sarah. Well, uh, hi, Sandra. And uh, thank you for having me. Yes. Let's jump right in. What is your current role? My current role is I am owner and chief coach, actually only coach for Sarah Bell's leadership coaching. I'm a leadership coach for nurse managers. Cool. How did you discover your role? What what exactly do you do for work? Work like walk us through an average day on the job for you. Ooh, an average day on the job is a lot of communicating and connecting with people and a lot of creative work in creating group coaching programs and webinars and coaching tools. So, and marketing, a lot of marketing. So people actually know that I exist. Got you. Whenever you're doing your life coaching, what does that entail? If a nurse, you know, is it directed towards a certain group of people? Yeah, my my niche, as we say in the coaching world, is new nurse managers. So a nurse who recently got promoted because she was an excellent nurse, uh, took on her first management or his first management position, and then they find that they're struggling and they're not having the impact that they'd hoped for because a lot of the time in nursing, we never really get taught or learn what a leader really is. So I help them overcome that first six-month hurdle where they're learning to establish themselves in a leadership position. Interesting. What are some of the topics that you teach them? What leadership is, is the number one topic. (laughs) Because a lot of nurses are not aware that there are actually leadership models that they can follow. So the very first thing is to help them understand what what the leadership models are, which ones lend themselves best for nursing. And then we move in, then I move in with my clients on. So what are the attributes that they either have or would like to embrace so that they can align themselves with the role of a leader, which is different to the role of a nurse? Hmm. When you go to nursing school, you're saying you don't get taught to be a leader which I agree with. I think that understanding understanding business and understanding leadership are concepts that aren't explained but are pivotal to what we do. How do you suggest that a nurse um, bridge those gaps 
while reaching out and getting help from someone like you? What what can they do on their own? So just on their own, I think one of the one of the first things to be aware of is nurses we're trained pretty much to be very reactionary. We're reacting in the moment. We're looking, we're monitoring our patients, we're taking orders. And so we're, we become very reactionary. And if there's one thing I would encourage anybody to do, if they're stepping into a, a leadership or a management position, is to take a step back and get to know, observe what's going on in their area of responsibility and really get to know the people that they're working with. Get to know their team, get to know the team's values, the contributions they want to make, and also get to know what is expected of them by the organization. What are the, we call them key performance indicators. They're basically measurements of how well we're doing to get to understand what those are so that the nurse manager, nurse leader can align themselves with the goals of the organization and then start to understand the contributions the team can actually make to help them accomplish those outcomes. So that would be a great place for any new nurse manager to start. Yeah. And then to build on that, you would help, you would kind of come alongside and help them as they build this concept of who they would like to be as a leader and who they would like to kind of shape their and how they would like to shape their career which is pretty cool yes yeah it's it's exciting because it is a there's a big difference between a nurse who's taking care of the patients and then a nurse who now is responsible for leading a team to take care of the patients we all need help and support when we're taking a huge making a huge transition like that taking on yeah. that extra responsibility yeah that's good what was your journey to this career path for yourself? How did you get, how did you decide this is what I want to do for a living? Ooh, well, I've got a kind of very long story short here, but I was getting to a point, I'd been a vice president of education for several years and I was getting to a point where I didn't feel I was having the impact I hoped for and I needed to have a career change. And there was stuff going on in my personal life as well and I was pretty burnt out. So I got a career coach because I didn't know what else I could do. And through working with a career coach, I'm like, oh, I like what you do. So I went to coaching school with the intention of leaving nursing and becoming a life coach. Long story short, it didn't happen. I became a certified coach. The organization I worked for liked what I was doing as a coach. And so I just transitioned naturally into that role for a company I was working for. And then from there, you decided to go out on your own. I did, yes. It okay. took me a while to build up the courage. But yes, I, I, I realized that I, if, I, if I want to take a lead in my career and in my life, the best thing for me to do at that time was to step out and to start my own company and go out on my own. How did you overcome that fear? Oh, well... I was hanging on to the cliff for a long time. I <laughs> <laughs> I was I had a good salary and I was afraid. But then oh, I just woke up one morning, Sandra, and I realized, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? And that for, for me, that was just like I just it was like an aha moment. It was first thing in the morning. And I just took it from there. So there was no real, I'd been thinking about it a long time. I was afraid. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, am I going to stay where I am out of fear or am I going to just take the leap and see what happens? So I just took the leap. 
and never looking back. Never looking back. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. That's amazing. And so any other types of jobs in your career that you felt like led you to this point? You know, was there like a gradual progression of your career, you know, from bedside nurse to nurse manager, anything like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think my entire career has been a progression. Just a pro- I, I did not necessarily look forward and go, this is the next step I'm going to take. I think I got to certain situations in my career when I knew I needed to change some things. You know, right off when I early on as a nurse, some things happened and I made some mistakes and I saw the value in education. So I became a a nurse educator and I was a nurse educator for the longest time. And then as I started getting into coaching, I started to see why people, you know, were not doing what they'd been taught to do. And, And that was one of my biggest frustrations as an educator. And I used to think, what's wrong with people? Then I realized there's nothing wrong with people nurses have competing objectives all of the time and in any given moment they're required to make a decision on what is the best thing to do and sometimes the need for efficiency and productivity in nursing puts pressure on a nurse maybe to cut corners that that they really shouldn't be cutting but they're trying to meet another objective and so I really when I realized that through my coaching school that really hooked me into then wanting to help more nurse managers become better leaders be help them to navigate those difficult situations and to find their voice and speak up when when the objectives that they're dealing with don't match up on the floor yeah i think leadership is like a trickle down effect like once you have really good leadership at the top everything else really functions well behind it right and so in one one of the podcasts that I was working or talked with Jill Weberding we talked about a similar concept of just kind of like when your leadership is really healthy the rest of the organization tends to be healthy I'm not saying they can't be little spots along the way but like I just feel like leadership is so key and that servant leadership is also incredibly just it's incredibly, what's the word to like follow, but like you just, you want to emulate, you want to eat it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like servant leadership is such an incredible thing to want to emulate that whenever you're around people that are good leaders, you just want to be better yourself. Like you're just like, my boss is super great. I want to be great because you see how they act with their consistency um, and their awareness of what the goal is. And so, yeah, I just, when I've worked under good bosses, it's made the difference between me loving my job and hating my job, even if I loved what I did. And so a boss really does make, can really make or break your job. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And we can probably all look back over our careers and go, oh, this, this, I worked well under this boss and I didn't work so well under this boss. And it's actually one of the questions I ask my clients to, to consider who are the leaders that they've worked with that they really thrived under and what were the attributes that that leader demonstrated that enabled that to happen? Because I think when we connect theory to real life practice, it becomes way more meaningful and it helps people to understand, oh, that's what that person did that I really liked. I can do that with my team. 
That's really good. I don't think I've ever, like, outside of just saying it to you right now, really thought about that and realized what was it that I liked about the boss that I really, really liked. And I think, especially as nurses, there's a level of professionalism that we are taught to have that it's really nice when people respect and they honor that you're a professional and that you have a degree and you have a license and that we're all here to work a certain way and to help you tap into the best that you can be. I've always appreciated leaders that have done that. And because it gives you a level of like self-accountability that I, I really enjoy when I have a leader that's not, you know, micromanaging or, you know, kind of nitpicking at every little detail. I think it's it's always been more comforting to have a boss that was like, you're a professional and I expect certain things because you're a professional. And it's like, Oh, okay. I know what that means. I need to be on time. I need to be respectful. I need to be courteous. Like whatever those things are, you know, what have you found has been a common theme that most people haven't have liked about their previous boss? People like transparency and they like clarity and they like to feel that their, their boss trusts them. Oh, that's good. Trust is huge in, in both directions, trusting your team and building trust so that your team trusts you. That's a huge one. When you have an environment where you feel that you're, you can speak up, you're, you're going to be respected for your opinions, even if, even if you don't get what you want, that you're still encouraged and, and your opinion is still valuable is huge. And building that trust is, is so important. That's really, that's, yeah, that is so maybe that is what I'm describing that they they trust that you're going to be a professional. Yeah, that probably is what I'm noticing as well. Very cool. So, could you give us an example, Sarah, of any mentors? I'm sorry. Uh Sarah, can you give us an example of one of the biggest successes of your career um up until this point that you've thought that was a really big high. That was a good win. Oh, it Probably quitting my job and starting my business has been my biggest, biggest high for sure. Definitely. It's kind of like stepping out of my comfort zone and really like realize, recognizing that what I do with my life is up to me and that I am a professional. There are so many things that I can do. When I actually took the bull by the horns and did that, that was probably the biggest success that I had in my life. Yeah. Was that was that a Texas reference right there, Sarah? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> I'm slowly slipping into the lingo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty cool though. Like I I hear that in your voice that it was like your moment. That was like the moment you decided to believe in yourself. Like I can do this. Yes. By yes. myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. It is. It and is. so what are, and maybe, and, and I mean, maybe you've already answered this. That was kind of overcoming because you did have to kind of overcome your fear or whatever that, whenever was holding you back. Is there anything else in your career that you could think of was a really big challenge that you had to overcome? Well, changing moving continents moving from the uk and coming to the us that was a different healthcare systems that was very very challenging for me it's so interesting how we get into our comfort zone we become 
unconsciously competent, we know what we're doing, we don't have to think about it, life's a breeze, and then you, you move and you come to a different country and you think you're speaking the same language, but I'm in Texas, so it's not quite the same language, but it's close. <laughs> uh, but then you're dealing with things like, I wasn't used to dealing with things like Medicare, the whole healthcare billing system, and so many different things that that really knocked my confidence for a good few years, really. And so, yeah, that was that was a huge challenge. Yeah, because it's a culture shock, right? Like UK to America, like, yeah, the English is the same, quote unquote, but it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother culture. And so it's interesting that you say that because even though we're speaking the same language, we're from a completely different culture and a completely different mindset, values and goals. And so you kind of have to understand that you're kind of like a fish out of water, like where what's going on, you know, because I have one of my really good friends, even whenever we would go to the grocery store, she asked me to give her the the trolley. I said, the trolley. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, hand me the trolley. And I'm like, you mean the shopping cart? You know, like, it's just, it's just different. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's a trolley. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. or a buggy right. or whatever those things. So it's like, you know, she's been in America for she's an American. She's been here forever. But there's certain things that are native to her culture. So, yeah. Yeah. Medications was a huge one for me because they had different names over here than they did in the UK. And in the UK, we were never allowed to use brand names. We had to use the actual uh, drug name. And it a lot of things like that. My confidence really was like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I had. I felt like I was starting again. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. And how long did you practice as a nurse in the UK? I started nursing school in 1989. Wow. I can't remember how long that is. That's like 30 years. 32, <laughs> I think. My brother was born in 1989. Yeah, oh, there that we go. Is, yeah, wow. You have. And so when did you come to the States? In 2002. Uh, it was oh. supposed to be a, a short relocation for a couple of years, but 20 years later, I'm still here. So. We sucked you in. You did, the American yeah. way. I love it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about any mentors that you had along your career path. Was there anybody that came alongside of you that you felt like really helped you shape, really helped shape who you are? Oh, absolutely. And the first one was when I was applying for my first management position and I wasn't going to apply for it and my mentor said no you absolutely you you're ready for this and she wasn't a nurse she was a bank inspector and she was in a very male masculine environment and so she'd had to work her way up and overcome you know her career uh, competing against men and all kinds of things like that but she worked with me she talked to me about professionalism, you know, wasn't going to be wearing scrubs anymore. So I'm, I'm not kidding. She taught me how to dress. Uh, and I see this with a lot of nurse managers. They're used to wearing scrubs and, and then they feel uncomfortable putting on business clothes to go to a meeting and things like that. But she taught me how to, to dress. She taught me how to present myself. She taught me how to do presentations. She was amazing and she I don't think I would have even applied for the position if I hadn't had her as a mentor it was huge yeah and did you seek her out or did she identify you as 
someone that she wanted to mentor? Or did you have a conversation like, hi, I'd like to be your mentee? And she's like, okay, good. I'm looking for a mentor. Like, how did that, how did that process go? Because I find in nursing, and especially as a nurse practitioner, I feel very isolated. And I don't really feel like people share their journeys of their careers and positions that I would like to get to, right? So it's like, if I would like to be a nurse manager, I don't necessarily feel like there are nurses that are like, hey, are you interested in what I do? Like, let me tell you how I got here, which is, again, part of the reason why we have the Dr. Nurse podcast. But did you have a conversation like that with someone? Or how did that just happen organically? or, Or what? It happened organically because she was in just in my friend's circle. And I think she she took me under her wing and I became her project. So it really did. It really did happen organically. And and I will say mentor, having a mentor is so powerful. Yet I don't think we figured it out in healthcare because we once we start formalizing it, and making it a requirement for people to have mentors, I find that people get matched up, maybe not with the right person for them. And so if you can go out and find a mentor for yourself, somebody that that you can connect with and somebody who really wants to help you, that's way more powerful than yeah. um, the, the bulk standard. Okay, everybody needs a mentor and here's, we're going to match yeah. you up and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like that quintessential thing. And when you're in school, it's like everybody find a partner. And then I've always, I've always was the last one around looking around like, does anybody want to be my partner? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be my friend? <laughs> Who wants to be my friend? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is why I think this, this podcast is so great too, because it just gives people the opportunity to eavesdrop in on someone's conversation that they might go, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, maybe I'll go find somebody that's doing that and and ask them how they got there and have a mentor me. And because, yeah, you've got to have these conversations. That's what that is. Like this, this conversation, these mentorship opportunities are just people coming alongside of you and just opening up their lives and just saying like, hey, this is what I've been doing. Um, then you're like, oh, cool. I want to do that too. And so, yeah, I think you need that in nursing. And I don't know if it's just a culture thing, but I really do feel like we need we need to be more open to reaching back to the younger nurses and saying, hey, this is how I got to where I am. You know, is this something that you're interested in? And it not being so everybody, every man, every man for himself type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, if we could, if we could, apply the same principles we do with our patients, that same nurturing and supporting and helping people with our peers and, and other younger nurses, I think that would make a huge difference, especially when it comes to the, the stress that we're constantly hearing about that's going on in nursing right now. Everybody needs to be connected with somebody that they can run things by without judgment. Yeah. Tell me... Sarah, how is, and again, this is just for our listeners out there thinking about maybe reaching out to a career coach. How similar is career coaching to mentorship? I think the the main difference between mentorship and coaching would be as a mentor, you're really going to share your experiences. You're going to put some ideas and suggestions. The other person is always going to make the decision, right? I'm always, if you're my mentor, in the end, I always have to make my own decisions. But a mentor is going to say, this is how I work through that. This is how somebody else I know worked through it. When you move into coaching, you're really creating space to for the person you're coaching 
to organize their own thoughts, their own experiences, because we have more knowledge and understanding within us than we realize, but we're just busy people and we're not stopping to think. So a coach is going to create space for you for 30 to 45 minutes for you to really open up, get everything out in front of you and decide on how you want to move forward. So a mentor gives more information, whereas a coach elicits what you already know and helps you decide how you want to move forward. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Thank you for sharing that. All right. The last question is, what advice would you have for a new nurse starting off that doesn't know where she wants to start her career? Or maybe she's been identified by her nurse manager as someone that they would like to promote to charge nurse, or she's starting to get on that path of maybe leadership. What are some, what is some advice that you would have for that, that nurse and something maybe that you wish you would have known when you started off your career? Oh, the number one thing is to know yourself. Because if I see I, I see something in you and I think you would make a great leader and a great manager, and I'm pushing you to do that, if that isn't in your heart, if it's not where you want to go, what you want to do, you're going to run the risk of going down a career pathway that's not the pathway that you need to be on. So just really getting to know and understand the things that light you up, the things you're passionate about. Because in nursing, leadership and management is a career pathway, but there are many career pathways for nurses. And so really understanding where your skills lie, where your passions lie, maybe do something like a strength finder assessment, or there's loads of assessments out there, but really getting to know yourself and aligning and exploring opportunities rather than just jumping on the next opportunity that comes your way. So you're being very intentional and purposeful about where you want your career to go. Yeah, I love that. Intention and purpose. When you move with that, you're moving towards a goal instead of just having, I kind of get this picture of like something being tossed by the ocean back and forth instead of kind of like a ship moving with a rudder and with a motor and an intention, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. Right. I love that analogy. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to be tossed around on the ocean, but no. be careful because you can be. And that For happens. sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That's great. So the last part of our interview is the rapid fire questions. And so this is something I did not allow you to prepare for. It's just fly by the seat of your pants. Fun part of our conversation just to kind of keep it lively. Are you ready? I am. Do I get a buzzer so I can buzz? (laughs) Okay, got to work on that. I'm going to make a buzzer. (laughs) All right. If someone were to play you in a movie, who would it be? Oh, and I can't remember what her last name is. She was in Harry Potter and she was the... Maggie Smith, is it? She was the... um... Oh, I know who you're talking about. She's in Bond, too. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I can totally see that. Yep. And tell me someone you admire. Oh my gosh. So there's somebody that I admire that is not famous, and that is a boss that I had. My last boss before I left my company, she started, she worked her way up as a nurse right up to a senior executive position. And she was so grounded the whole way. She 
she was just a great mentor. She was a great boss. And she's just somebody that I look to as my guidepost, if you like. If I'm stuck in a situation, I'd be like, what would Donna do? Wow. Man, that, that's goals right there to be the kind of person that somebody would go, what would so and so do? Yeah. That's, that's goals. And when you're not working, how do you, what do you do for? I like cycling. I like swimming. I like skiing. I like going on vacations, especially to the beach. I've just gotten back from the beach. In year old. So I'm a soccer slash football mum. <laughs> Wow. Sounds like you've got a full life when you're not working. How wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on today. It's been a joy to chat with you. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. All righty. Do you want to do a shameless plug or anything for your coaching business? Oh, a shameless plug. Everybody go to my website, www.com bellscoaching.com and on my website you can see the programs I have to offer you can sign up to join my email list and get my newsletter and there's some really cool uh, tools and resources that you can download great thanks for listening guys and check out Sarah and her amazing business and if you're looking for coaching for your career in regards to nurse leadership check her out thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time We are at the end of our time together. I really enjoyed the chat. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave us a review if you like the show. I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is on Instagram, so please follow us there for any updates on new podcasts and inspirational information to help you on your own journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse Podcast at gmail.com with any career information or professions that you're interested in hearing about. And as always, thanks for listening. I want to thank my biggest fan supporter on Patreon, Kevin Pryor, for your support of this podcast. If you love this podcast and want to throw some support my way, I would greatly appreciate it. My link is in the show notes. And just a reminder, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used as substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or other professional advice or services. 